Only three things in life are certain. Death, taxes, Scott Dixon wins, and me repeating the same intro from a month ago. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. Seconds out, round two, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, I'm Andre Harrison once again, and if you listen to part one of this double header, you already know we're all here. So quickly, everybody say hi, RJ, Cam, and King. Hi, guys. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Ohio Gazaimas. Uh, buenos dias. Uh, buenos tardes. Well, well, welcome to the speed round edition of Motorsport 101, um, in the second part of this doubleheader. If you listen to the first part, we went for over two hours talking about the madcapness of Austria, the return of Fernando Alonso, and dunking on Sofia Floresh. It's a fun time for all involved. Um, in this second part of the, of the, of the doubleheader... <laughs> so, so I have to jump in because a friend of the show, Lewis Sudderby, has just chipped in in the supporters club saying, you're only just now recording part two? Yes, we started three hours ago. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> we're, we're, we're a high- so what do we have this week? We're a highly organized bunch. In, in this week's edition, which totally we didn't record on the same night, um, we're going to be talking about IndyCar and their return after a five-week hiatus as the IndyCar GMR Indy Grand Prix went down at the road course, well, one of two this year anyway. Um, And yes, in shocking news, Scott Dixon wins again. Um, Honestly, there isn't an awful lot more to comment on that. Uh, But we'll get to that as well as all of the news catching up on stuff from uh, late June and early July, including Alex Zanardi, drivers suffering COVID for the first time, a presidential uh, bashing on Bubba Wallace, which we have to call out, and some of the consequences that come alongside of that. Um, MotoGP and yet more silly season moves, and uh, that was a messy one. Um, so say Formula E silly season, apt back in the NIO team, and uh, a big shocking move for uh, the man whose uh, name is the word. More on that later. World Super Bikes as well, we've got Michael Vandermark's news on that, and some catching up on IMSA to do as well. Also, before I get started, can we have a quick MOYM101 round of applause for now? CEV National Broadcaster and Commentator, Lewis Sotheby in the chat, ladies and gentlemen. We no longer have to refer to you as our anonymous inside source. (laughs) Except when we we have. (laughs) But, you know, that could be a completely different person for reasons that are not involved with plausible deniability. Basically, you can find us real quick, youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. We've got a ton of videos by yours truly out on there right now. We're on facebook.com forward slash motorsport101. We're on Twitter at uh, motorsport underscore 101 and and, uh, personal handles. Uh, You can follow at Harrison101HD, at RJ O'Connell, at cbuckley 917 and at Ryan Eric King. Um, if you can find all the details of that on our, on our website, motorsport101.com, and that includes our Patreon page, where for five bucks a month, patreon.com forward slash motorsport101, you can get early access to all of these shows before we actually release them to the public, and for $10, you get 
friends to the Porters Club of our Discord server where you can listen and watch these shows now live as they're being recorded as a bunch of you are doing right now. Hi Tony, James, Vince, Jace, Lewis of course, uh, Vic and Zoe all in here. Hi guys, hope you guys are enjoying the show. Thank you very much for joining us in this very late, it's actually 10.30pm already in the UK as we're recording this. And we started at half seven, so uh, we're already three hours in. I'm here for the long haul and this is the same day I actually had work and recorded a video. I don't know how I'm still sitting down right now, but here we are. Uh, so quick, after this quick musical interlude, we'll be back to talk all about IndyCar and its return to the Indianapolis road course. Ah, did you miss IndyCar over those last five weeks, boys? I did. Just a touch. I missed it. I miss racing in general. Yeah, like this is this is going to start the now very hectic pattern of five races in fifteen days for the for the Verizon Indy or sorry, NTT Data, I should say, uh, IndyCar series. Um, and we had the first of that block this past weekend at Indianapolis, the uh, GMR Indy Grand Prix, the road course version. Uh, that clunky son of a gun, and uh, <laughs> we wish we could come with you with, with uh, stories about how dramatic and thrilling this race was, and uh, well, it was just okay. It was it was a race of two halves, and two halves were equally large beatdowns. Yes, yeah, uh, because uh, you know, racing in Indianapolis is pretty difficult in the summer due to the absurd high heat. Mm-hmm. Now tie that into the new partially enclosed cockpit and you have cockpit temperatures reaching over 120 and degrees it gets Fahrenheit. Even, it gets even worse when your air hose for your helmet comes unplugged during the race. No! <laughs> no! No! So for those who don't know, the, the, the freedom units for temperature... In in Celsius, that'd be about forty nine degrees Celsius. No, no, it's a hot boy. No, too hot. Fuck that. Hot damn. There is a reason why it took quite a while to perfect the ventilation and the airflow for this aero screen, because uh, well, you got no roof and you got no room for an air compressor. You can't have AC. Yeah. Can, yeah. can I mention as a quick? Because it wasn't on our set. Can we have a quick shout out to the qualifying session and a? I I, I want to say it's a surprise, but it might not be given his form here last year. Our new nickname: You don't know Jack Harvey qualifying second on the front row. Friend of the show, yeah. Jack Harvey. Yes, we interviewed bits. him. We we like Jack. And then he he, he was on provisional yep. pole for a while and ended up losing it to Will Power. And in in the <laughs> post-session interview when asked like did you expect that to happen and he pretty much replied well it's willpower doing willpower things (laughs) willpower (laughs) after all this time after all these polls he's still got it yeah 58 of them 58 that's ridiculous (laughs) meanwhile um lower down the grid (sighs) simon simon's not simon (laughs) <laughs> what? So, put the camera on me. <laughs> what the hell was that? We would, but it's far Not too great. dark in Cam's room for that. But uh... <laughs> thank you, Mother Nature, taking all the sunlight away. It's thunderstorming where I am. Oh, how's he doing? <laughs> um, 
Fortunately, not struck by lightning yet, but Simon Pagano got knocked out in round one. He was P10 in his qualifying group, and uh, as a result, had to start from 20th on the grid. Um, it was not a good day. Pe- what the hell was that? <laughs> Taking it to heart, are we, Cam? Uh, by any chance? No? Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> to, to borrow that Iowa corn video from years ago, Simon, where are you, my French friend? Um, <laughs> and uh, it, it, it was a strange, it was a very strange quarter as well, because the track actually got slower over the course of the session as well, where <laughs> Askew did a 109.8. That was actually the fastest lap in all three sessions, because Will Power's pole time was a 110.1. In the last session, which was which was kind of weird. Yeah, it just seemed as the track rubbered in, it actually got slower. Along with the, as King mentioned, the the devastating t- uh, temperatures here. Yeah, dogs aren't happy about how much the track slowed down over qualifying. I'm not happy because I thought the race actually started later in the day, which is why I skipped off to do yard work just as the race was starting. Whoops. Um. And also, uh, as as Cam alluded to, this was a race of two halves because uh, guess what, folks? Will Power took off in the first half of this race. Yeah, it's looking like Will Power, Jack Harvey, uh, Joseph Newgarden, and Graham Rahal. Rahal especially because he was committed to a two-stop strategy. Uh, Rahal was the early leader, and it looked like those four were going to be sitting pretty. The race turns on a mid-race wreck from a dude who was running fifth. Very impressive fifth. Oliver Aston. Oh, yeah. Just wrecks coming out of the last corner where Erickson dropped it last year. Oh, that was a real shame. Askew was going along so nicely. Had shown tremendous pace, as I mentioned, in qualifying. Had the overall fastest lap across the three sessions, but obviously just didn't put it all together um, in, in the far six where it mattered most. But, uh... Askew running P5 slams it into the wall, and that and that changes the entire complexion of the race. Um, essentially, yeah, because yeah, um, the Penske boys, well, two of the Penske boys being uh, Power and Newgarden, they had uh, they got hosed on their pit strategy because of the yeah. uh, caution period. They had not made their second pit stops yet. Ditson came in on lap 33, two laps before the caution. So that timing right there put Scott Ditson in a pretty good position to go on and drive to a pretty comfortable victory. All yeah, things considered. He, uh, he, after the restart, he uh, dropped all the hammers, drove around everybody, drove around Graham Rahal like his fucking tires were flat. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And pulled out. Pulled out, what, a a 20-ish second lead? He only lost the top spot when he had to come in and make his third and final pit stop on lap 55. Then he took the lead again on lap 62, and then just never gave it up again. So, in other words, he put, he had a, he developed a 20-second gap in the space of 18 laps of clear air in front of him. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and now some of that, yeah, supreme... Hashtag supreme beat him down. Super beat him down from Scott Dixon because at this point, who's fuck? Honestly, that, that was probably the sound after the race from Dixon's uh, camper van. Um, <laughs> oh my god. Um, <laughs> another man. Another man. RJ is- has left the building. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's just say, let's just say that, uh, 
it was no coincidence that weekend that Valtteri had porridge pancakes and um, Dixon had actual pancakes after after that race, as we've alluded to on numerous occasions on this show. Um, let's just say Emma has no problem being horny on main on places. Um, <coughs> so that was... F- Second place, Graham Rahal. Good drive from him. He, he grabbed the lead at one point. Just ahead of... Wait, holy shit! Simon got third! Yo! Where the hell did he pull I'll that out it. of? <laughs> he drove out of his fucking mind to get that yeah. P3. As it turns out, a guy who's won exactly half of the runnings of this event is pretty good at this event. Yeah, and I will say, while Dixon is on the warpath in the championship right now, going perfect out of two rounds, Pagano, who usually starts the year not very good, yeah, to, to rock up with a second and a third, and he always comes on in the second half of the year. I'll take it. He'll, I'll take yeah. it. He'll take it. The only problem is Scott Dixon has, has, has been perfect to start the year, which is a bad sign for everybody involved. <laughs> yeah, um, which I think is quite funny. Uh, but uh, we'll go. We'll go. We'll go down around in order and pick up some stuff real quick. Scott Dixon, as mentioned, winning um, by twenty seconds, nineteen point nine to be precise, but twenty seconds more or less. On the uh, two-stopping Graham Rahal, whose bold strategy call paid off very nicely for him. And the RLL team in second. Simon Pagano goes from 20th to 3rd on the podium. Simon! Uh, yeah! Was right behind Graham, but uh, unfortunately he had about a 140-second push-to-pass deficit. So there was no chance yeah, of Simon Gra- coming through. Dude, because Graham Rahal's strategy involved quite a lot of fuel saving. Right. He was going with like the last 10 laps of the race. With like only forty seconds to use for the whole event, right? He was just 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 sitting yeah, at one hundred and forty seconds, and we would have to just push it every main straight, and there was no way Simon was coming through. Um, very quietly went about his business, but a great result for Colton Herter in fourth. And how about rookie Renus VK in the top five? In f- excellent, eighteenth eighteenth on the grid. And remember, last time we saw him. He was having no fun at all at Texas Motor Speedway, where he just couldn't keep it out of the wall. Yeah, he yeah, looked. He was great this weekend. Yeah, looked extra strugglicious. Came through into fifth place this time round. Great result from him. Marcus Erickson, great result for him as well for Chip Ganassi in sixth. They'll happily take that. Uh, reigning champion Joseph Newgard never really looked like he was gonna. He was a contender for the win. Um, it was. It was odd. So mm. they put him on. They they tried to one stop him. Which one stopping here is impossible. Uh, it borderline impossible. They took him off the strategy, and he was running second before the caution came out. If mm. his strategy worked out, he may have jumped his way to the podium places. But yeah, yeah, I'll still take never, a seventh place finish for yeah. my boy. Considering uh, how Newgar. the race went after that strategy went haywire, but he just. I'm surprised he was as he wasn't more of a factor than he was this week. Yeah, very very anonymous seventh from Joseph Newgarden. Which hey, if he's still coming seventh from what is by his standards a pretty mediocre day, that's not a bad result at all in the grand scheme of yeah. things. Um, Pal- win your yeah. championships under worst days. Exactly. Pado yep. Award in eighth again. Good driver SPM there. Good points for Pado. Santucci in ninth. Less said about that, the better. Not more, more finger trouble in the pit stops. Oh no! Oh, what a shame. 
Um, <laughs> I think it was the same. I think it was the same wheel as well. Of course, because of course it was. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, uh, and Takuma Sato hmm. even got to start in tenth. He got to start. This is an improvement over Texas. Oh, <laughs> Taku. Hello, Taku. Welcome to the 2020 season. Solid top 10 finish. No complaints there. Well done, Sato. James Hinchcliffe back in the series in 11th place. Good to see him up there as well. James. James. H. Cliff. You loved him. had a good weekend. Decent. I... <laughs> we'll take it. Uh, Connor Daly, 12th in the, in the Royal Air Force car there. Good to see from him. Ryan Hunter Ray in 13th. Veach on and off the beach in 14th. Uh, so, so before you continue, I just need to point this out, especially considering that it was a race on the 4th of July. It was not a Royal Air Force car, Trey. It was a United States Air Force car. <laughs> wow. Whoa. <laughs> Fine. Have it your way, Mr. Independence Day over here. King, King his America's on fucking max today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're celebrating the day that Dennis Quaid flew into the butthole of an alien UFO to stop to after blowing up the White House, starring Will Smith. <laughs> Hello, boys. I'm back. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Uh, Moving on! Swiftly. (laughs) Swiftly. Felix Rosenquist in 15th. Max Chilton 16th. You don't know Jack, one of the victims of the of the of the caution and the strategy. Uh, I feel trade. so Jack was running so uh, well. He was in second. Uh, him and Power got boned by this. Oh, but especially Jack. The year a- over a year after his first podium. You expect Power to, you know, he'll get this back at some point later in the season. That said, Meyer Shank Racing with that Andretti equipment. Ooh. <laughs> tasty, tasty indeed. Uh, slightly below average Kimball, 18th. Uh, Alex Pelou, 19th. Will Power. Oh, man. He led 28 laps. His woes did not end with getting hosed on strategy. He also stalled the car in the pit lane. God oh, damn it, Will. Will! No, William Power, what are you doing? Ugh, oh. Another Will I... Power pit lane disaster. We've we've heard this story before, unfortunately. Um, gutted for if, Will. If we have two more, you get a free ice cream. Oh, I like to four more. He gets a free half Filling chicken out and the Nando's. Twenty um, first, <laughs> Dalton Kennett, Mark, Marco Andretti, forgettable weekend for him in twenty second. Uh, say- he um, he actually tagged the wall. I didn't realize this mm. when it uh, happened in the race. He finished the last, I think, uh, twenty laps with a busted suspension. Oh crap! <laughs> Not fun. And I think that <laughs> go into the DNFs because uh, we need to talk about Andretti. Oh, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Sa- Sage Karam in twenty third. Now we've shirt. Um, Spencer Piggott in 24th, but hey, he got a bonus point for leading the lap. That's always fun. The t- there, well, again, again, mechanical problems for him. There was three in total. Oliver Askew put himself in the wall, and that was an early bath for him. But seven laps later, the other DNF, Alex Rossi in 25th place. Oh, he is 23rd in standings. Yikes. The, the satellite Andretti teams are doing better than Andretti are. Not good. Alexander Rossi right now is behind points. Uh, he's behind Ed Carpenter, Tony Kanaan, 
who didn't even show up this weekend. He's behind Takuma Sato, who didn't even start the first race. Yeah. Andretti are in the dumps. Yeah, Colton Herter is the highest-ranked Andretti car right now, fourth overall. And again, he is... Well, well, they're technically part of Andretti, but all weekend, I mean, Shank and Harding Steinbrenner with Andretti were the best Andretti cars. They were. By far. They were. And... and a shout out to friend of the show, Henry Chapman, that posted this factoid um, yesterday on Twitter. Alex Rossi has not led a lap of a Grand Prix since Road America last season. And we're going back there this weekend, which, you know, m- might be a positive sign for the man. But uh, he is in a it decrepit might... run of form right now. And we know how good he is, so... Pound for pound, yeah. maybe the best driver in the series, can win on anything on any track on his day and has a genuine bank around at Long Beach and he has been looking struggleicious for the last few rounds and uh yeah he's already 84 points off the lead of the championship it's a long long way back for here um for here for Alex Rossi a quick look at the standings after two races Scott Dixon virtually perfect he's, perfect. he's only two points off absolute perfection due to bonuses but he's on 104 right now he has a 29 point lead on simon pagino in second joseph newgarden third on minus 40 back on 64 colton herter on 58 graham rahal 54 in fifth zach veach still sixth on 50 connor daly seventh overall on 46 and pato award connor daly is seventh in the points yeah, connor daly having a time out there pato award uh, 8 for 42 Ryan Hunter Ray 41 and Marcus Erickson rounding off the top 10 on 40 points how about that for a laugh uh, 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 suddenly much more likeable uh, Swedish friend now having a good time out there in the top 10 <laughs> IndyCar is back this weekend at Road America for not one but two races um, so yeah uh, that'll be uh, t- that'll be a uh, 10 p.m. Uh, UK time for race 1, 5pm Eastern, and yeah. race 2, 12pm, that's 5pm British Standard Time on July 12th. So yeah, two rounds, two races at Road America. Let's say these rounds are going to be coming along thick and fast because we head to Iowa for two races over there this time Jesus, next week. This is fucking calendar density. You thought it was, it, you thought the calendar was dense before coronavirus? It is, uh... It is extra thick. It's extra thick. Hong Kong's urban density uh, ain't got nothing on the density of this calendar. Yep. (laughs) Fun times indeed. Right. Uh, let's get into the rest of the news, uh, and uh, we've we got to get through the not-so-fun stuff first, unfortunately. Uh, we got some updates. Um, unfortunately, the COVID it, uh, has hit a couple of the guys real hard. Jimmy Johnson, in, in one of the real shockers um, in motorsport last week, um, tested positive for the coronavirus. Uh, it seems he had caught it off his, off his wife. Um, and Johnson was asymptomatic. Um, luckily, since then he is—he's he's been cleared. He tested. Luckily, in a sense. Yeah, in a sense. Um, okay, it- so he has now tested negative twice, which means, as far as uh, protocol is is concerned, 
needs to be cleared by his physician, and then he's good to go to come back. Mm. The worry is that it appears they only caught his infection, because he was asymptomatic, right at the tail end of said infection. Right. That means he's had it for the past two weeks. And he was in the Chip Ganassi IndyCar simulator on the July 2nd, and we're recording this on July 8th? Yep. Yeah. So we were just days removed from Jimmy Johnson testing an IndyCar, which, by the way, if if you were to go back three or four months ago and say that somebody in the NASCAR paddock was going to drive an IndyCar for Chip Ganassi Racing, you wouldn't have guessed it would be Jimmy Johnson. You would guess it would be somebody who's currently trudging around dirt tracks across the Midwest because he lost his job for firing off the nuclear end bomb in an iRace. Uh, A edgy gamer moment indeed. But yeah, Yeah. Johnson tested the IndyCar and then the news broke. Tested it in the simulator. Yeah, simulator test. uh, That was a stunner. Uh, Felipe Nazar do Brazil. Yep. Also tested positive for the coronavirus right. just before the uh, the comeback for IMSA. Of course, he drives the number 31 wheeling Cadillac and was replaced by one Gabby Chavez. Gabby! Who had a very good showing. We'll get to that when we cover IMSA. But uh, that's big because, you know, this is, this is the team that came very close to the championship last year. Won the championship two years ago and is, was... Supposed to be on a revenge tour this year. <laughs> well, now that's going to be only for one of their normal drivers. Indeed. Yeah, and for Johnson, uh, this broke a streak of... He had started pretty much... He had started every race in his career since the start of his first full season in 2002. This yep. is his retirement year, so that streak's over. He'll, he'll be able to race in Kentucky at least, but... Jeez, what a what a bombshell! Yeah, what a blow, shocker. Um, and of course, he's uh, he's yet to win this year. This puts him in further jeopardy of not making the hashtag NASCAR playoffs. Mm. He does have a waiver year. at least. He does have a waiver, so he yeah. is. Th- does that's have one a good thing because I, I know this has kind of uh, come up as a concern for some. The <laughs> waiver for NASCAR playoff entries is not there to bar people who have been injured, who have been taken out due to circumstances that are not their own. Yeah. It's to prevent people from getting a one-off win and then taking the rest of the year off. Right. The Justin Start. Haley thing from last year. Exactly. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> uh, also, a couple of updates on Alex Zanardi. I've not been... Unfortunately, I've missed a couple of these, but I did hear. I think he's had he's had reconstructive surgery on his face. Of what I've been told, yeah, yeah I believe a five yes. hours Jesus in surgery. It's uh, oh boy, um, this was on the sixth. Um, yeah, obviously his condition remains stable in terms of his cardiorespiratory status. Um, and then the hospital medical bulletin says it's grave in terms of his neurological status right here's hoping again again we can only say what we said um, a couple of weeks ago just continued best wishes to Alex and the fam and just uh, praying that uh, uh, he he, he just pulls through all of this because again he's a hero to us all and we just continue to 
to wait and to have hope because that's all we can do really um so yeah fingers crossed on that one for alex um unfortunately as well um back uh, going back to american motorsport for a minute here we had uh just when you thought we were oh god just when you thought we were over... Wait, before we get oh, to I'm... that, we said we'd mention something. We, we should mention this because it's IndyCar related. Mm. We said we'd t- talk about it. Uh, on July 4th, IndyCar announced yes. their uh, their campaign, their major effort called uh, Race for Quality and Change. And the press release reads, IndyCar and the Indianapolis Motor Speedway have announced the Race for Equality and change a major effort to support diversity and inclusivity across the IndyCar industry. A key pillar of the race for equality and change will be a $1 million fund to fuel internal and external programs and initiatives that will create fundamental change. Uh, Quote, as our country has grappled with with systemic issues related to race, equality, and access to opportunity, we've been doing a lot lot of listening, learning, and reflecting. Uh, Penske Entertainment Corporation President and CEO Mark Miles uh, continued to say, uh, race for equality and change will create more diverse and inclusive indie uh, a more diverse and inclusive indie car community that will fund uh that that will fundamentally transform our sport uh the key focuses of this campaign will include recruiting and developing a diverse workforce throughout indycar and ims uh diversifying the competitive field at a grassroots level uh, at the grassroots at the grassroots the road to indy and the ntt indycar series uh supporting impact impactful grassroots uh grassroots youth motorsport programs including enhancing the speedway's long-standing partnership with next gen racers uh a charity that introduces minority students to the world of motorsports uh diversifying employment leadership ownership within the series and indycar promoters investment in minority communities to encourage greater engagement with indycar and ims establishing a procurement program to meaningfully increase the number of minority-owned businesses that contract with indycar and the speedway each year uh it's a lot from indycar but <coughs> it's a lot from indycar but it's very vague mm. and not specific and uh like the one thing that they specifically mentioned is enhancing their relationship with next-gen racers, and they mentioned that it's, uh, you know, it introduces minority students to the world of motorsports. Uh, that's very misleading. So basically, next-gen racers is a thing for, like, 11 to 15-year-olds year <coughs> as, like, uh, a taster to motorsports. Kind of like Dare to be Different, except next-gen racers isn't specifically aimed at minority students. It's It's basically a central indiana you know organization that does this and it's available to all students just some of them happen to be from minority groups because you know everyone goes to school right it's not specifically for targeting minorities then in other words and like other lines are just very like vague and kind of come off as disingenuous like investment in minority communities to encourage encourage engagement with indycar so Basically, what, you're going to advertise minorities to be fans of IndyCars just because they're minorities? Yeah, I just... Like... Oof. You know, it, it, 
It's... You know what it is, King? And call me crazy here. It seems like they saw F1's re-races one and felt like they had to to, to bundle something together. You mind if I copy your homework? <laughs> like, is that too cynical for me to say here? It's not. It's not entirely wrong, though. It does seem like you know. Hey, we're putting out our program, but it does it. But it comes across on the surface as not really substantial. Just like when we first saw hashtag rebraces one. But the thing is, the thing is, Formula One eventually, you know, had a very structured and formatted system of how they wanted to change things. Like the fact that Formula One themselves was willing to to fund internships at Formula One and at the team. So the team's going to say no. Like, Formula One's paying for this internship, so you don't have to worry about that. IndyCard's very vague, and they don't mention anything specific, and the one thing that's specifically mentioned is very misleading. Right. Uh, It's not a great look, is it? I'd love to see this produce some stuff, but it's very much a wait and see. It's very much a wait and see, and it feels like they've piggybacked off the back of Formula One, especially with, you know, the same million-dollar contribution. I was like, ah. And I was like... And, uh, it, it, it felt... Like, I, 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 when I first read that, it felt a little bit ham-fisted. I like the idea of supporting more local business. That's that's, that's a good thing, definitely. But for, I did it did have a big whiff of, uh, of Formula One's initial statement and manifesto. But at least with F1... They were a lot more specific about where they were targeting and what they were going to target to improve. Um, this was not that, and uh, that I did find to be quite strange, to say the least. Um, we've danced around. Now we can talk about the bullshit in NASA. Now, <laughs> let's, oh. yeah. now, now, forgive me here, because we do have to catch up a little bit on the overall story here, because uh, it, 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 this, we last recorded two weeks ago. Um and a little bit more when it came like of detail came to light. I think after we recorded, I think was the picture of when the picture of the noose was revealed. Um, has that? No, it came out. It came out before. Was, we, was uh, it before? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Like again, this story was largely resolved. Like again, just just to absolutely clarify one more time. Yeah, everyone, everyone was ready to move on. Yeah, we were ready to move on. This was pretty much like a, a non a non factor at this point. We NASCAR revealed the picture. Most reasonable people had sat down and said, "Look, this is like this is a very unique scenario where this was not a hate crime, but it was also definitely not a hoax." Um, according to all the key statements that were involved, um, you know, generally speaking, our our viewpoint here was that you know NASCAR had absolutely done the right thing. They had assumed the worst and were absolutely right to do so, um, and. Yeah, we were ready to move on from people this People saw how NASCAR could have thought <laughs> mm-hmm. what they thought. Yeah. Yes. And again, I will happily take an overreaction over an underreaction 99 times out of 100. Um, Speaking of overreactions... Yeah, oh, sadly. Uh, well, and uh, a, certain, uh, a certain commander-in-chief... Yeah, decided, a certain president of the United States. <laughs> decided he was going to throw his hat in the ring. Because of course he did. Because you know, just when you thought this story was over, just when you thought we could focus on the good shit with Bubba Wallace, President Trump took to Twitter, which is always a bad sign for any sentence when it starts. <laughs> there is President Trump. <laughs> no sentence well. has ever 
No positive sentence has ever started with those words. Indeed, and I, I, I immediately felt that like, oh, like, I, I literally when I read this went, oh fuck, um, oh, and yeah, this, this, this was two days ago. He tweeted, and I quote. Has Bubba Wallace apologized to all of those great NASCAR drivers and officials who came to his aid, stood by his side, and were willing to sacrifice everything for him, only to find out that the whole thing was just another hoax in capital letters? That and flag decision has caused lowest ratings ever! In, in in again in capital letters because Trump has the grammatical ability of a five year old. Um, On the same day that they released the television ratings for the for the Brickyard Indy uh, doubleheader weekend, and it turns out it's the best ratings the Brickyard Four Hundred has had in years. Can I just say that's an insult to five year olds, Dre? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's uh, it's fucking stupid. The best thing anybody can do is just block Donald Trump in general. Yeah, but, this but the one problem hits too is... The, the thing is, this one hits too close to home, because now it's in our neck of the woods, and dude well, it's is not like... Just that. It's the fact that, of course, you know, other than the most devoted, you know, people who are mad that their traitor's flag got banned from NASCAR... Yeah. But- Generally, NASCAR social media had calmed down with Bubba Wallace. He wasn't getting much in the way of abuse in tweets, other than, again, the people who just can't let it go. And then President Trump sicked his fucking army, his Twitter army, yeah. on Bubba. Yeah. yeah, I just. I just read that and I just balked. My heart sank when I read that. I was just like, oh, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Oh, and it, his uh, his Twitter mentions have been a, a vitriolic cesspool ever since. Yeah, and I I applaud some of NASCAR's journalists like Jeff Gluck who stepped in to say no. This is cate- universally. This is category everybody across the board. Um, NASCAR, IndyCar, the racing media, all said, basically just told Donald, you know what? You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you're spreading false information. All information. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, Jeff Gluck has the first reply. Including one, Tyler Reddick. Mm. Tyler Reddick, rookie of the year contender, drives for Richard Childress Racing. The best um, Richard Childress Racing driver. Better than Richard Childress's grandson. Yeah. It's not a debate. He tweeted that he... I'm paraphrasing here because I don't have the actual tweet, but I stand by Bubba. Trump needs to stay, keep his nose out of this, and... Then that tweet disappeared. Yeah. Because Richard Childress is a massive Trump supporter. Massive. Fellow driver Trevor Reddick tweeted in response to presidents, We don't need an apology. We did what was right, and we will do just fine without your support. And he's since talked to Motorsport Network, and he stood by his comments, but admitted that, hey, there I, some people spoke with me and asked me to take the tweet down. Uh, which which is a great shame, and it kind of stems in my theory that, like, you know, hey, there's a lot of there's a lot of bigger strings that pull the puppets when it comes to uh, athletes and their stances on 
this sort of thing. I mean, we're only days removed from Corey LaJoy having to lock up social media because his oh. team agreed to a nine-race sponsorship deal with a fucking conservative political action group, putting Trump 2020 on his car. And he kind of had to. Which then got crashed he... in the pit lane, which we'll get to later. Got demolished in the pit lane, that car did. Yeah, and, and I, I don't, I don't <laughs> think Corey so... was ever cool with that. I think it was more a case he had to because his team needed the money, and... Mm-hmm. And that's it's exactly and that. It, it, it's yeah. it's shit. And look, I, I don't even want to waste time breaking down how categorically fucking wrong it, Donald Trump's tweet is. Like anyone again over the age of five, who's who's followed this. I, story I can break can... it down in three simple steps. Go on. All of NASCAR stands with Bubba. It wasn't a hoax, and the ratings are fine. It's funny that. Yeah, and like. Even NASCAR themselves put out a press release saying exactly what Cam just said. Yeah, and uh, at the same time, um, was it O'Donnell who put it out? Or was it? Uh, it was. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was like the bare minimum weakest statement, but he did come out in support of Bubba. So, yeah, that that's actually a different statement than NASCAR's official statement. But pretty much like... Uh, like, people kind of expected NASCAR to, like, engage with the president and clap back at him when, it, like, it wasn't necessary. They just need to point out that what the president said was incorrect and that they stand with Bubba. Yeah. There's no need to get sensationalist about it. Tell yeah, him, cause, tell him cause that he's wrong. that's what the president wants. Yeah. He wants to flame. They told him that he was wrong, they told him how he was wrong, and they moved the fuck on. Yeah. And... That's probably the best approach for it because Donald Trump, the way he is on 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 he the internet, he feeds on it. He feeds off this. This is exactly what made him president in the first place. He he he, he lives for this sort of drama and pushing people's buttons, um, you know, rubbing people up the wrong way and just coming out with lies and and just scandalous bullshit. We all know it's verbal diarrhea at this point, but that's the point. We all know it and. He gets off on the engagement, and that's just everything wrong with social media, but that's the situation we're in, and it, it it's shit, because like I said, this story was over. This was this story was two weeks old by this point, and it's sad, because I just put Bubba Wallace's name on Twitter, and the hashtag Bubba Smollett was the first one that came up with the, quote, 300 tweets today, with that hashtag. Yeah. As I said... It was de- it was next to over except for the last zealots of the fucking Confederate flag, and now you've got Trump's army attacking him in his mentions. Yeah, every fucking day. Indeed, and, and Bubba addressed Bubba it. Bubba doesn't fucking deserve that. He doesn't. Bubba did address it, and I love the way he addressed it. He quotes, "Your words and actions will always be held to a higher standard than others." You have to be prepared for that. You don't learn these things in school. You learn them from trials and tribulations. The ups and downs this crazy world provides. You will always have people testing you, seeing if they can knock you off your pedestal. I encourage you to keep your head held high and walk proudly on the path you have chosen. Never let anybody tell you you can't do something. God put us all here for a reason. Find that reason and be proud of it and work your tails off every day towards it. All the haters are doing is elevating your voice and platform to much greater heights. Last thing, always deal with the hate being thrown at you with love. Love over hate every day. Love should come naturally as people are taught to hate. 
even when it's hate from the President of the United States. Love wins. BW. I love put it. it better. Absolutely. You know I what else I love? That as of today, Bubba Wallace is leading the fan vote to go into the NASCAR All-Star race at Bristol. Fuck yeah. And he got he's he's, he's just been picked up by Beats by Dre as as, as, a, as a new sponsored athlete, which is awesome. They like they weren't going to announce it yet, but in the wake of President Trump's comments, they announced it early, basically. Quote, we weren't going to announce this until later this week. But we cannot win. But hate cannot win the day. No one should ever be asked to apologize for standing up for what's right. We are proud to welcome Bubba Wallace into the Beats by Dr. Dre family. You love to see it. Stay winning, Bubba. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, yeah. stay winning. And uh, and he also got, and we'll get to it during the uh, when we talk about the race. Had a pretty damn good weekend as well. Oh, I'll yeah. take it. Oh, it's a shame that Tyler Reddick had to go and delete his response um, because Tyler Reddick's response was, I get the was, was absolutely on point. I, I suspect that... You got the same feeling I get the that feeling Richard pulled him aside. Yeah. yeah. That his job was on the line? Yeah. I yeah. get the feeling Richard pulled him aside and said, you're going to delete... It's, it's so fucking frustrating that... Yeah. You know, you get, you get the scenes of Talladega... And you have the teams and the drivers out in support of Bubba and supporting ending racism. And then this, I said it during the F1 uh, discussion, ending racism is not a political issue. It is a human rights issue. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. We discussed that. And we covered like, hey, Richard Petty changed his mindset. Richard Childress, the other seven time championship winning car owner. Why haven't you, my dude? Yeah. Read the fucking room, as far as I'm concerned. Like Jesus, it's just especially when you're uh, your star driver and one of the greatest to ever do it. First thing he did when he saw a Confederate flag on a truck was scrape it off. That's right. Right. Dale did it for us, so we could do it for him. Do it for Dale, everybody. Do it for Dale. Should we get into the fun stuff? Let's do it. Oh man, is this really fun though? <laughs> it's it's a funny one. I, I think it's fun. Hey, um, y'all remember how we were concerned that Danila Petrucci was going to be a bad pickup for the KTM factory team? Notice KTM factory team. I specified that because we clearly had a plant in the server. I'm thinking it's King. <laughs> <laughs> they must have heard. Who heard? about uh, our concerns and uh ktm must have taken our advice yeah because uh danilo petrucci is going to ktm dot 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 the tech free team tech three <laughs> he'll be joining like Quona there next season and not the factory team ktm have announced all four of their riders for next season and that uh, Petrux will be alongside Laquona in the Tech 3 team. And Miguel Oliveira gets bumped up to the factory team, bringing back the Dream Team Moto 2 partnership with Brad Binder. That is a fucking... That is a beastly lineup. It's a fun team. Squad a very fun team. Uh, I love that. And Can't Brad's... wait to see them finishing 10th every week. Brad said he's not <laughs> worried about losing Paul Spargro's input. 
Believe that what you will, you but on paper, that's a fun young lineup. Look, yes, it, it's exactly what I was hoping KTM would do, and that was focus on their talented younger riders that are the backbones of their team because they they are they, they took they've taken two major casualties this off season, and one of them was losing Paul Spagaro. That's the obvious one, um, mm-hmm. and the other one was losing the possibility of Jorge Martin joining them as well. Like Martin, who again was really coming on strong towards the end of last season in Moto Two, um, was looking like he was gonna be a red hot potential title contender slash favourite maybe even for the Moto Two title, and it looks like he's now going to Pramac instead. And there was no room at the inn. I mean Martin even tweeted a shoulder shrug emoji um when the news was made official at KTM, a tweet that's now since been deleted. Um so um I don't know why Martin So many deleted like, tweets. It, it, it's petty. I don't know why Martin would shrug his shoulders when he and everybody and their mother knows he's got a Pramac deal underneath him. Um which which he's now most likely going to sign. So um and look, he the man gets to ride a GP twenty one next year. I think he'll live. Um, <laughs> yeah, he'll be fine. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I'm glad that at least in my opinion, KTM has done the right thing and just got behind it's... their youngest. It's actually quite a messy story about this. I read about this on the Redacted that uh, when Johan Zarco, this goes back to 2019 last year when Johan Zarco quit the team. They wanted to put Miguel Oliveira on his bike immediately. Um, he was first on the list. Bump, bump Miguel Oliveira up straight away. But it turns out Oliveira actually wanted to stay. He wanted to stay with Tech Free. Oh. He liked the people. He liked the crew he was with. He said, look, as long as we're both getting the same gear, I actually would prefer to stay because I like my crew chief and the team I've got around me, basically. Continuity is good. Yeah. Um, so Especially when Tech 3 is really just... At this point, they're kind of like just a sector, a second factory team. Precisely, and Poncharol is one of the most respected dudes in the business. Um, everybody mm. likes Ponch. Um, and so I'm not entirely surprised at that at all. So Miguel was, was allegedly totally cool with it when Mikel, when, when Mika Calio ended up taking Johan Zarco's spot for the rest of the season. What irked him was when Binder jumped him in the queue to start 2020. Um, That's what apparently had him reconsidering his position, but uh, now Oliveira will be bumped up for the 2021 season. Everybody's happy. The Dream Team is back together at KTM of the, uh, again, Moto2 Moto2 runners-up of Binder and Oliveira, and, of course, Binder's Moto3 title he won a couple of years ago now. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's a very, it's a fun rider lineup. It's, it's about as good as KTM was going to get as far as I'm concerned. Uh, no, and I'm, I, I like it, it as a lineup. I really do. It's a, it's a great lineup. They're, they're two very fun, incredibly talented riders. I've said it before. I've screamed from the heavens. Miguel Oliveira is super underrated. Um, a, a real thinking man's intelligent rider. Like we joke about him being a dentist. Do you know how fucking smart you're going to be to study as a dentist? Like seriously, that's like seven years as a PhD in the UK. They don't f- oh, they don't yeah. fuck around with that shit. So, you know, again, I still find it amazing that the man is one of the best bike riders on the planet while studying to be a dentist. I just find that 
baffling. I mean, you talk about things they had to fall back on. That's that's up there. Um, so uh, yeah, Oliveira and Binder, great team, should be fun. Petrix gets to help out with development with Tech Three alongside Laquona, who I'm glad is getting a second year to properly, you know, see how good he actually is. Because they, KTM could have easily moved him on at the end of this season if they really wanted to, given he was call it what it call it what it was. It was an emergency stopgap for when Zarco bolted. Yeah, um, yeah, a year that hasn't yet started. By the yeah. way, we don't start till, till next weekend. We're getting closer. You know, we're a week and a half away. But we're not quite there yet. But uh, yes, indeed, we are. God, just a week and a half away now from MotoGP returning at Haref, uh for for their double header and no visit to the Circuit of the Americas. That was announced as we're recording. Oh, bugger! Um, I love Kota, even if it's Marquez Land. Well, the, I love Kota. That's a that's a that's a bummer. The eighty seventh Marquez home round gone. <laughs> oh no, they might only add Funny Argentina thing. instead. <laughs> yeah, probably a bummer because knowing Governor Greg Abbott's track record in Texas, he was probably looking forward to opening up to full capacity. Yikes. Yeah, I'm 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 glad that fat by that logic Yeah, but by that logic alone I'm really glad that the GP did the smart thing and took that decision out of their hands on that one because that sounded like a mm. very, very bad idea. Um, so, um, yeah, um, in that sense, for the greater good, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad Coates is not there, even though I know the track's in some difficulty and probably could have done with the funds. But, oh, yeah. you know, it's for the greater good, well, I'm glad they're not running at all. I mean, it's a shame that they could have maybe had a race without fans, but it, uh, that's, that's a shame in that sense. But, again, if they were mm. going to have fans in there for it, then no, by all means, please take it off the calendar. Yeah. It wasn't like confirmed that they were going to have fans or not. It just seems like something that this idiot governor would have pushed for. Well, though he has, in fairness to Governor Abbott, how much I don't like him, he has backpedaled recently, realizing how bad he messed up by reopening early that is now mandatory in the state of Texas that you have to wear a mask. Congratulations, oh. you realized too late and you killed a bunch of people. Oh, Congratulations, you're fucked. Congrats, he's four months late. Like, Jesus. Congratulations, you didn't kill as many people as you might have. <laughs> Gold star. Wow. Gold star. You know, don't forget, there are still three rounds um, they could potentially add on to the calendar later. Final word on that will be at the end of the month. By July 31st, we'll know. So keep your eyes peeled on that. Some more news. There is a real upcoming stalemate here at Ducati between uh, the, oh, yeah. the boss man um, um, and the team management there and Andrea Livizioso. And that only got worse when last week it was revealed he uh, broke his collarbone in a motocross accident. Yeah. For it's training. fixed now, but weird Sixth start to the season. Fixed is relative. Man's is sore. Yeah, it, it, he's going to be sore as hell, taking the Ducati around a very physical track he traditionally has not gone well around. Um, Dovi struggled at her ref for many a year, so this is going to be a, a hard Grand Prix for Dovi. Um, to start off with, and the contract talks have hit a dead standstill. Apparently, um, again, we've meant you kind of mentioned it a little bit before. Dovi kind of wants back pay for his his, his success with the team. Uh, Ducati don't really want to give that sort of money to a man that's turning thirty five next year, um, and 
by all accounts, everyone and their mother is saying that Dovi is not going to do a Valentino and go deep into his 40s. Um, Dovi's in the twilight of his career as far as people in the know are concerned. It's still weird to think that he's the second oldest rider on the grid. Yeah, he's 34. Behind Valentino. Jeez. He's, he's 34. Um, so. I never think of him being that old. And he is prepared to take a gap year if uh, if things aren't working out with Ducati. I agree with what David Emmett said on Twitter. There's no such thing as a sabbatical year in MotoGP. If he, if he, yeah. if he leaves that team, he ain't coming back. Like I was going to say, look at Ducati behind them and what they're doing right now. They're trying to snag every youngin they can get right now. Like... The plan clearly for Ducati was, well, if Dovi can't beat them, let's just stack the deck with younger prospects and see if one of them can develop into something that can beat Marquez. Though, in theory, you could take a sabbatical if the person replacing you is definitely not going to be there for long because they probably physically can't be there for long. That's it. I don't know. Who fits fits that criteria, Ryan Eric King? (laughs) There's no way. He's not. And if there is a way, both parties are fucking clowns. <laughs> if you're having bike problems, I feel bad for you, son. No. <laughs> they would. No. They wouldn't, uh, would they? Would he? I, I I I saw a tweet from Sofa Racer about this a couple of months ago, and and like it was a joke, but it was a joke that was rooted in so much common sense. I thought this might actually be a thing. The tweet was, look, GP21 next year, Jorge, right? We'll give you 3 million quid, 10 million, 10 million quid bonus if you win the championship. Who says no? Jorge's but, himself has had to shoot down the rumor, but... No, Jor- Jorge said the, that the contract talks had begun. Yeah. Oh. He's, he's, he's officially he's plan not, B. Yeah, he's not playing coy. Lorenzo he's, doesn't play coy. That's they not fucking... <laughs> they... Tossed him they, in the middle of 2018, right before he came good on that bike. Why? They tossed him for Danilo Petrucci, who left after one year. It's like it's like the Mission Widow teams are in a bar fight to see who can be worst managed. <laughs> Holy fuck! Honestly, with the with the, with the way the paddock could be could be thinking, with Cal Crutchlow seeming like he seemed like he's probably going to be let go from Honda. Why not give a call and ask Cal if he was willing to come back? That would be a better option than Lorenzo at this point. Because, honestly, how does, does anybody know how good Lorenzo is at this point? Especially given he was injured and hurt. Right, he was yeah, he was tremendous mid-2018. Broke it, He had the huge crash that broke his wrist mm. that effectively ended his Ducati stint. Yeah. And then broke his back on a Honda. Or rather, off of a Honda. And then, and then, and then, do you want to trust? It was never the same. Yeah, but do you want to trust a guy that faked his own retirement, basically? And and that we haven't even addressed that he faked his own retirement to get off of that bucking Bronco (laughs) of a Honda. Like, like that's that's the guy you want to sign a testing contract. I'll say that's the guy you want to spearhead your team. Are you sure about this? Like, not 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 spearhead. Just like, hey, maybe got one good year left in you. Does he? I don't know. That's an almighty gamble. Like, this team, this this rider team pairing broke up in a, a not a very amicable way. It was ugly. 
in 2018. It was it was ugly. It was ugly. I don't know. Because if the Alonzo news has proven anything, it's that nothing makes fucking sense anymore. (laughs) Yeah, but that's no. There's a difference. No, because well, look, he left Renault at the end of 2009. It's a very different team. He left McLaren at the end of 2007. In 2015, that was a very different team. This is the same Ducati two years later. Right. What I was going to say is, is that, look, Dovi's not there, so they don't have to worry about that side of the conversation because I know Dovi and Lorenzo did not get along by the time they got to the end of 2017. Now, I mean... Now, what would make you say that? Um, the fact that Jorge Lorenzo said to Dovi to the, and leaked to the, to the Italian media that, oh, Dovi was only ever a great champion in 125s. And, <laughs> and that was after Damn. Lorenzo deliberately ignored team orders on two occasions. Ooh, that like, like spicy. You know, like say what you will about Lorenzo. Some of the diva talk with him is very much justified, and it doesn't help as well oh, with, with the with the Dovi situation. That apparently I didn't find out until I read um, David Emmett's piece on MotorMatters.com about this. And by the way, his Patreon is only four bucks for all the subscriber copies a month. Do it, do it, fucking do it. He's so good. He's he David Emmett. Come on, one of the, pod. the best. It is it is the best spent four dollars in all of motorsports. It is no no shadow of a doubt. You will not spend a better four bucks on anything motorsport related than that. He is the very best in the biz. Apparently, he and Luigi Deligna have barely spoken for two years. Yeah, that they're, they're not e- they're, <laughs> like they are not even on speaking terms. Like yeah, they we, are, didn't, we they, didn't even get to the breakdown between yeah. Vettel and Ferrari. Because that's become very public how bad that relationship is. It's even worse with Ducati and with with, with Gigi and uh, Davi. They just don't say anything. Yeah. It's like they're Are not they even in give the same Davi team. A fruit cake too? Yeah, I, I, it's it's worth mentioning that they both have come to loggerheads and blows because neither is willing to concede in how they want the team to be developed. Dovi, um, like Dovi, has said that they should try and work on the turning of the bike, and obviously uh, it's been a long-term Ducati problem. It's heavy turning, the amount of physical strength needed to uh, to, to be able to to part uh, to, to, to turn, and again, that's been Ducati's biggest problem. For it's been a problem since the eight since early eight hundred CC era, pretty much since they came when back. S- uh, basically, yeah, um, yeah, like since Stoner was dragging that bike to to you know absurd results, right? And so, Dovi has always said, "Please work on the goddamn turning, please." And Delinear on the other side of the defense has apparently said, well, "You're not using the bike effectively to help us win." Like basically mentioning the Ducati's core strengths, which is obviously incredible top speed, incredible acceleration, excellent, excellent exit on corner speed. Um, it's gone though. Honda Honda took that advantage and ripped it out of Ducati last year. It's gone. Yeah, Ducati's top speed advantage went from being you know blatant visible top speed advantage to Marquez can get in the slipstream now and he can pass a Ducati, which was unheard of two or three yeah, years. Yeah, if ago. you ever want proof of that, look at Mugello last year when he's able to run at two hundred and fifteen plus mile an hour with the Ducatis and have no deficit on the straights. Like Ducati, the ducks have no advantage. Yeah, the Ducati's ace in the hole is now gone, and so that is apparently why the two of them are no longer on speaking terms. 
Um, and it's a it's it's not a a good situation again. The, the talk of a sabbatical. Look, I don't think a sabbatical is a real thing. Um, I don't think if Dov if Dovi leaves that team, I don't think he's coming back. I, I really don't. But I think he will eventually sign there because if Dovi's got even ten brain cells, he'll know that his best chance of winning a title is on that bike. He's not going to get it anywhere else. He's either um, he's either going to re-sign or he's going to retire. Exactly. Um, and, you know, he's the second best rider on the planet right now, comfortably. For, for all the talk about Mark Marquez, you know, and all these young'uns underneath him like Maverick and Miller and Quattararo being the next guy, or Rins, since, no one's even beaten since, Dovi yet, let alone Marquez. Yeah, since Yamaha's collapse from having, you know, the dominant bike with Lorenzo and Rossi at the helm. Right. Davi's been the only person even keeping Marquez honest across the season. Yeah, and I think Ducati need to realize that no one better is walking through that door anytime soon. Um, you tried getting Maverick no, Vinales, you tried getting Alex Rins, and you failed on all counts. So, like, you're clearly not the attractive prospect you guys think you are. Dance with what you've got, I'm, I'm, you know? I'm seeing it more like, again bring comparisons to the other Italian Mission Winnow team. You know, everyone's just looking at them like, why would we go here when you're always close, but you're never quite there? Yeah, and I think when you get... And that's, that's Ducati in this modern age to a T. And I think when you get that close, you start tweaking things a little bit too much. Maybe you're a little bit more paranoid about what could be coming over the hill. You panic, you make rash decisions... Ducati slowly regressed the last two years since Dovi came close in 2017, and it shows um, to the point where, like, the, 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 the they way were bringing the title, the to way, the last race. yeah, like the way I see that Ducati team. If you're looking at that team and you think Dovi is the problem, you are out of your mind. Like, he's a brilliant, he's a brilliant rider, like one of the best I've seen in the last ten years or so. Dovi is brilliant. A real well, thinking last man's year, rider. Um, what was it in Malaysia where Davi got up the field and then nobody could pass him, but he was basically having to stand the bike up in the turns. Yeah. And you see, you, you compare that to Suzuki, which is getting stronger year on year, that has the best turning of of any of any you know of any bike in the field. The, the, their chassis is world renowned as being the best in the grid right now, and. It's that, phenomenal, and that's the, and you can see, and they've got Rins right behind them. Like Rins is going to be a threat for that number two spot next season. I'm certain of it, and especially if he gets his fucking qualifying in, uh, in order. But it just feels like it feels like Ducati's concept for the bike. It, it, it's run its course. Yeah, it's got it got as strong as it was going to get, and now with Honda having Honda has God on a motorcycle. Yeah, to cure all their ills on the bike. Mm-hmm. Yamaha's getting back to their old ways. Suzuki is on the ascendance. Aprilia is ascending with their all new bike. Yeah, it, the field is closing Ducati, up again. It's just, it just, it feels like Ducati is on. They're on a concept that just it has nothing left to give. Indeed, um, we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see how that goes. And also, before I move on from Ducati, real quick, sad news to report as well that Davide Tardozzi, one of them key men at the team, his wife mm. passed away last week, which is just really sad to hear. Oh, uh, uh, Davide is one of the real likable dudes in the paddock. You may have seen him go ape shit when Ducati won in Austria last year, and that was one of uh, the most marquee yeah. celebrations that we saw. He 
absolutely lost his mind um, in, 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 the, in, the, in the best possible sense. So uh, condolences to him and the family. Um, that was um, very sad do to we, Yeah. Do we want to stick with two wheels we should, I think. or go with four? I, I think we'll yeah. stick with two wheels because that, the, this, this one was a genuine shot coming out of World Superbikes. Michael Vandermark leaving Yamaha at the end of the year to go to BMW. Um, huh? I didn't see this coming. I didn't see this coming in a million years. What? I have to admit, I did not see this coming. No, me neither. <laughs> I didn't have a clue. I was like, what? Okay. Um, yeah, this was announced last week. That uh, again, just they're getting their they're getting their uh, testing together now. Um, Scott Redding fastest today in testing, believe it or not. But uh, mm. yeah. Um, Kind of crazy that Michael Vandermark out of nowhere leaving a very good, yeah, by by all accounts, a very good um, Yamaha factory team right now to go to BMW. Um, we don't know which of the two riders they're going to replace him with. I I'm going to assume it's going to be Eugene Laverty because I they I believe so. They they just brought in Tom Sykes and Tom Sykes was very good. Yeah, Sykes was That is a fucking lineup. Vandermark and Sykes. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, now imagine if they actually got a powerful engine for a change. Yeah, yeah, exchange the Bavarian hamster for an actual engine. Yeah, I uh, like that could be a very nasty team because Vandermark is a proven race winner in World Superbikes, a guy that you know, really, if he had a, even a slightly better bike underneath him, he'd be a title contender in in the current platform of, of WSBK. I don't know whether he, he saw Top Rack, his early success in Phillip Island, and thought maybe the writing's on the wall. I don't know if this was financially motivated, maybe. Um, or maybe just a sign that, like I said, maybe Yamaha's thinking Top Rack's their guy for the future now. I don't know. Um, I know why. I know why BMW did it. Why is that? I know I, I know why Vandermark did it. He wanted the big made as the company company car. <laughs> of course. Oh, you, oh, who doesn't want the big mate? For big mate. Uh, so, who's next for Yamaha then? Because uh, I'm looking at this junior team of Caracasulo and Gerloff. Is it going to be one of them? Or are they calling up Loris Baz, who has that MotoGP experience? I like Loris Baz. I think he's done pretty good work with the Tenkate satellite Yamaha since coming back to the series. I like Baz. I'm not sure if Caracasulo's at that level. Um, he's a good rider. I wouldn't say he's a great one, um, personally. I, I, if I had to put money on it, I would say Laurie Spaz, unless someone big in the current pools becomes available. Maybe a Bautista, maybe someone at Honda makes way because there's rumours that if they do move Nakagami on, he'll go to World Supers. I don't think they will in in that LCR team. I think Crutchlow will be the one sacrificed. Yeah. But um, that's the that's like the the universally supported rumour. Yeah. So what if Valentino doesn't go to Petronas and instead stop goes it? Superbike. Stop it! Oh my God. <laughs> We are not doing this. It's like this is a world championship too, guys. <laughs> and, and I thought, and I thought my Alonzo being team boss at Renault Theory was wild. Right. <laughs> Stop it. We're not doing that. 
But yeah, Vandermark over at BMW for next season. We'll keep tabs on who he ends up replacing. Like I said, it's probably going to be Eugene Laverty because Tom Sykes was brought in first. And he, it seems to me that, that when they brought Sykes in, it was like, oh, here's the guy we're going to build around, basically. I mean, they kind of had to yeah. to pry him out of Kawasaki in the first place. But although, to be fair, a lot of that was just down to the fallout between him and Johnny. BMW, enter the Suzuka 10 hours. You have nothing to lose. Say, this guy's won it four times. Cool that that the is a mates. piece of Yamaha's... That's a piece of Yamaha's Suzuka 8 hours, not 10. Mm-hmm. You got too much Suzuka on the brain. Fair. It's okay, there are worse tracks to have on the brain. So really um, that is part of their... That's part of their Suzuka 8 Hours super team. Gone. Lad, should we go electric? Let's do it. A good resolution to a weird and kind of shitty story. Mm. It's it's good in some regards that Daniel Lapt is back. But I thought there was no possible way he would be coming back with a team like Neo Triple Three. The bottom feeders of Formula E right now. Yeah, yeah, slumming it. Yeah, this is gonna be. Oh, I guess a seat's a seat. <laughs> it's it's a seat. Uh, They're yeah. certainly part of Formula E. I mean, yay. Yeah, because a lot of people just thought Daniel Lapp was just gonna retire. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised he didn't. Formula E was always gonna be his thing. Um, he was happiest racing there. Um, so he's back, and he said, "Like, hey, it's not about trying to get revenge on." on Audi for dropping me, anything like that. Yeah, I, it surprises me that he ended up going, that he didn't just retire. But know? he is going to be back. He'll race at Berlin, um, replacing Chinghua Ma, who cannot be there due to travel restrictions, and no <laughs> points for guessing why. Yeah, The Rona. Something about <laughs> a Mexican beer. Something about it. Oh, bad times. Though that wasn't <laughs> the only... Rumors a stirring. The bird is the what? Oh boy. Bird, bird up and out. Bird. bird out. To jet the bird meets the jaguar. Yes, Sam Bird is leaving in Envision ver- version for Panasonic for Panasonic Jaguar, which I mean, he left the Harley it, Davidson team. <laughs> Damn it! Cameron. It's not completely <laughs> surprising. Uh, like you know. Envision Virgin are the only privateer team on the in the field now. They they lost you know factory support two seasons ago to mm-hmm. to Cheetah. They're no longer DS's factory team. They became an Audi fact. They became an Audi uh, customer team. Uh, there's there's a ceiling on how well that car can perform due to that. Uh, Jaguar they they might not be completely always up front, uh, but you know there's there's. A higher ceiling there because they 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 build their own power power unit. Right, Jaguars come up in leaps and bounds. Mitch Evans has come into his own with the team. Uh, they're it looks like they're going to extend to their commitment to Formula E. Uh, looks like they're going to stick with that and bring in a driver like Bird, who has always been a championship caliber driver, is the kind of move that you want to make. Now, ironically, this is lining up him to replace his old buddy, James Collado, uh, who's had a struggling year so far, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. Hasn't, ha- hasn't been a great year. Like like a Honda S2000, Jaguar is full of potential. <laughs> and, and uh, 
I think also, and there are, there are rumors. Yeah, there are rumors on who could be replacing Sam Bird. Oh, Jesus. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. This yeah. is close to my backyard. Everybody had hit the deck. Yep. So Sam Smith from The Redacted is, is reporting that replacing Sam Bird in Envision version is one Nick Cassidy. Uh-oh. <laughs> Tested for the team. Um... Somebody had peddled kind of a bullshit theory that, like, he was going to Nissan's team, even though he had no <laughs> fucking ties to Nissan at all. But this would make sense. And from my personal experience, having watched Nick Cassidy drive many series, he's shopping at the bit for an international world championship racing seat. You can't find many better options that are out there. Yep. Nick Cassidy is a devastatingly fast driver oh my god he's he's fantastic i know that a lot of super formula guys who come around like andre lauder have not necessarily had the most success but that would be a good move if it does go down yeah and moving on to uh well nick cassidy's current well sort of current stomping ground sports cars Big weekend for sports cars, despite someone not being able to show up. IMSA back, yo! <laughs> Nazar is not there, but Townsend Bell was there. Townsend Bell, uh, crossing the country. Doing double duty. <laughs> so yeah, they had the 2 hour and 40 minute WeatherTech 240 at Daytona. Mazda finished 1-2, proving my theory that Day- Mazda were always going to win Daytona after all. The new Corvette no, no, are... No, no, no. No, we're not having this. We're not having no, this. It's, a, it's an IMSA race at Daytona, and the time does say 2 and 4. Do you, do you, would you like to follow that up with the last number? Yeah, um, Mazda smacked the field. BOP not was good... not great here. Like, the Cadillacs were, like, a second off the pace. Yeesh. Not a good day for your boys at Acura. One of them melted. One of them a... melted a piston crown. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. But the Big wildest move. thing that happened that weekend, apart from me getting another shout-out on the Nimsa Radio TV broadcast, um, was Townsend, mo- Bell <laughs> Townsend Bell's travel woes. <laughs> oh, the wild trip from Indianapolis to Daytona Beach. Yeah, he tried to make the return trip from Indy uh, to Daytona Saturday afternoon because he was also calling the race for NBC. He was on a passenger on a plane chartered by a team co-owner, Jimmy Vrasser, when there was an emergency with air pressurization. They had to make an emergency landing in Jacksonville, Florida, rent a car then drive down to daytona jimmy vassar volunteered to drive the car and then they and then the team had to put out a tweet saying we are respecting all rules of the road just to give just to put was the the rental car (laughs) was the rental car by any chance an audi s8 long wheelbase with lots of extra fuel tanks previously used to do the cannonball run I don't think it was that. <laughs> By the way, we have a full speed run of the Cannonball Run. It's a great. Run. Summoning Salt should make a documentary about the history of the Cannonball Run record. <laughs> Someone speed run America. And uh, I mentioned in the previous episode something even more American. What's Doesn't that? get much more American than the new mid-engine Corvette winning its first race on the 4th of July. 
Number 100 oh, in America yeah. for Corvette racing. You love to see it. Oh, what a good day. That was a fun race. I and, guess the uh, Brickyard 400 was fine, too. Yeah, Lexus got a 1-2 in GTD. I know oh, Toki's yeah. happy with his Highlighter Boys winning. <laughs> and, yeah, the Brickyard 400. That most... Oh, it's not the Brickyard 400 anymore. It is the Big Machine Hand Sanitizer 400 <laughs> at the Brickyard. <laughs> what a name! Formerly the Big Machine Vodka. <laughs> it is legally vodka. Sure. And we're not getting into the Ditsy Vodka. <laughs> <laughs> we need to make it show canon. <laughs> Hand sanitizer is legally vodka. Kevin Harvick is a date as a Brickyard 400 winner. Denny Hamlin Third is time. not. Denny Hamlin's not one. He blew a tire, took a hard hit. Goodyear tires at Indy. Everybody make your jokes now. Yeah, this was not good. Um, obviously, during the the current situation with the uh, the Mexican beer virus, there is no practice in NASCAR. Yep. And between that and them trying to run the same tire at Pocono, which is not have the same surface as Indianapolis. <laughs> once That's again, why IndyCar put the stint limits on at Texas. Yep. <laughs> and once again, the surface at Indianapolis reared its ugly head. We had numerous catastrophic tire failures, couple fiery crashes because where they they blew tires at Apex went straight off into the wall and hit the wall so hard at such high speed that it was knocking the fuel pumps off the motors. Oh my Jesus. And uh, as you mentioned with Denny Hamlin, seven laps to go, tire explodes, (laughs) big old boom into the wall. (laughs) And he got shaken up pretty bad too. Yeah, he got out of the car. He didn't know where he was, so. Yeah, that's that is Goodyear. A... Goodyear has to do a better job at Indianapolis. This is this was the site of arguably NASCAR's most disastrous modern race, and I say modern race without you know actual fatalities in two thousand eight. Yeah, a Brickyard four hundred every... where they could not where they could physically not run more than ten green flag laps at a time. Yeah. That's how bad the tires were in two thousand eight. Gotta say, other highlight of this race, a 15-car pileup in the pit lane that junked the Trump 2020 car. Yes, Ooh. but it also junked one of Ryan Blaney's pit crew members. Ooh. He has a broken leg. He will be okay, oh, but yeah. he needs three or four months of recuperation. What a mess. Oh, what a fucking was... mess of a race. And somehow, hey, the TV ratings were up, Prez. Yeah, because, by, I mean, this it wasn't a great race because... Indianapolis doesn't work for stock cars, but by Indy standards and during restarts, it was okay. I think the yeah. road course works for stock cars. It does. In fact, we got a great race in the Xfinity series. We were yeah, going that... four wide through the fucking infield. <laughs> oh, man. I don't even think IndyCar was doing that. That nope. was a good one if you want to catch the highlights of that. God, what do we have on tap for this weekend? Austria okay. Grand Prix 2. The yeah, Steiermark. Uh, Steiermark edition. Yeah, Steiermark Electric Boogaloo. We got, IndyCar obviously, you mentioned America. IndyCar Road America. Uh, NASCAR doing NASCAR type things. Speak of NASCAR doing NASCAR type things, it was confirmed during this podcast recording. 
We're going to the Daytona Road Course. Oh. God help oh, us all. Oh, wow. God really? help us all. <laughs> Rest in peace, all those brake rotors into turn one. Because yep. uh, they can't run the race at Watkins Glen. You know why. Yep. Governor Cuomo ain't having that. <laughs> so instead, they're running it at the Corona capital of the world, Florida. Of course. Oh, wow. This is going to be a jam-packed weekend of racing, which may have already come past by the time you listen to it. Uh, but that covers the news for the past couple of weeks. Indeed. Wow, racing season's back, and it's coming thick. It's It's been coming. It's going to continue to come. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, I think it's best I wrap this up before this podcast goes very lewd. And next thing you know, I'm on on OnlyFans. Um, Hold up, hold up, hold up. (laughs) It was also just confirmed about 20 minutes ago. They're going to run... The full fat 750 horsepower unrestricted engines at the Daytona Road Course. Oh, dig! Oh, they're, they're gonna be rushing into turn one at 190 miles per hour. Nope. Oh, <laughs> nope. 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 So who's Let's controller? Get out of here. Whose controller disconnects going into turn one? Word to the robot. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Fucking madmen. Nope. Nope, let's get out of Dodge. Um, places you could find us real quick one more time. YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. All a crap ton of it. Over an hour of me talking shit is on there as we speak. Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Or on Twitter at Motorsport underscore 101. And if you want to follow our personal handles, you can. At uh, Harrison101HD, at Ryan Eric King, at RJ O'Connell, and at... Buckley 917 If you really like us, you can back us financially on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. $5 gets you early access to all of our shows. 10 gets you into the supporters club of our Discord server, where you can listen and watch us live as these as this goes out. I've been sat on this chair now for <laughs> four and a half hours, and we just got to the end of it. Thanks to everyone who stuck around, particularly from the start. You guys are the best. I don't know why you ever would want to do that for this long, but here we are. Um, thank you to everyone that's been listening in, and... Uh, self-indulgent plug for just a second by the time this episode goes out the kick will be on amazon just thought i'd point that out i'll talk about it more Yo. i will talk about it more on next week's show but i thought i'd uh i'd, I'd, I'd leave that tasty little morsel hanging over there for you so um yeah until next time a whole bunch of thick motorsports action with two c's I've been Andre Harrison, they've been RJ O'Connell, Cam Buckley, and Ryan Eric King. Thank you very much for listening. I'm going off for a nap. Sayonara. Go get some rest, y'all. It'll be real wild if Ferrari were to win a race between now and the show coming out. No. No.